0: Hey, I'm Michael Durender and I'm Jake Bennett with a new mic. And welcome to episode 20 of the North Meet South web podcast.
1: Well, we made it a fortnight. Is it 20? Is 20 a fortnight or is it 14 days? 14 is a fortnight. <laughs> See, I was under the impression, I was under the impression, we need to look this up, fortnight. I mean, I know you use it like as a regular expression, but I thought I remembered seeing something about fortnight being something about 20. Is there anything? My like internet's not no, no, working. Not, not that I'm aware of. Okay. Well, anyway, we made it to episode 20. Congratulations to us. Way to go. We wanted to talk today a little bit about what we've been doing since we last recorded episode 19, our last podcast, which was a wish of ours to our listener base to have a wonderful, happy new year with some amazing soundtrack by Reliant K, which is a great band. And so you should check them out. So we wanted to catch up on what we've been working on, um, what we've been doing over the holidays, have a couple questions from some listeners which we've been asking for on Twitter so thanks for sending those in and then end the episode with a special announcement. So, before we get to all those things, how you doing? I am very well, Jake.
0: I'm very well. Starting the year has been uh interesting. It's just being I had I had a week off between Christmas and New Year and then got back to work last week or the first week of January and People were still on holiday, so it was it was pretty quiet around the office. It was pretty laid back. We had a bit to get done. Um we had a a live event that starts tomorrow, um, that we were sort of knuckling down on to get ready for that. And we have a couple of projects that we need to finish up by the end of the month. So um yeah, it was a bit bit quiet around the office and this week I was back to basketball, so I had, of course, a nice ten ten at night game on Monday, which then backed up to a nine o'clock game on Tuesday. So my sleeping patterns have just been right out of whack all week and the week has dragged on like normally when you're busy time flies but when you're busy and you're really tired it seems to just grind to a halt so i was very very glad to have made it to the weekend
1: yeah i was i i have fallen asleep on the couch i think twice this week and last night i got home and i was just exhausted because i had had uh breakfast with a friend it was like you know It wasn't that early, but I had to get up sort of early, earlier than normal to go to breakfast. So I got home last night and it'd just been like, it'd been a day where I was just cranking away on code. So my, 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 I was just mentally exhausted. So I sat down on the couch and I was like, Hey, I'm gonna take like a 15 minute power nap, which actually some people are like 15 minute power naps. That that doesn't do anything for me and they they do a lot for me. But my 15 minute power nap turned into like a three hour snooze fest and I woke up at like 1130 (laughs) and it's like, crap. I had a couple of things I wanted to do. So I stayed up from eleven thirty to twelve thirty and, and did the things that I that I wanted to do. A couple of which were New Year's resolutions of mine. So I've been trying to do yeah. them every day. So we could talk about that real quick. So New Year's resolutions sure. for me. I have not worked out in years, you know? Uh so not that you could tell to look at you. Right. So, you know, I'm blessed with good genetics. My my dad is like string bean and I happen to be thin as well. So it's not really, you know, it's not really the appearance thing that I'm after with the working out. It's more like I know my heart is not healthy. You know, I can't yeah. run for any distance. And, I, I, you know, it's. I just know I'll have more energy if I work out. So, anyway, starting slow, I've just been trying to do, like, 50 push-ups a night and do just some, like, exercises with just body weight. You know what I mean? Like sit-ups, yeah. push-ups, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Body squats, whatever, those sorts of things. So... I know that's funny and laughable that I'm literally doing 50 push-ups and that's my workout, but. that That's your starting point. That's what's funny to me is that you are doing 50 push-ups as a start. <laughs> well, is that, is that good or bad you're
0: saying? I, I don't think I could do 20 push-ups. Oh,
1: okay. Well, believe me. And, it wasn't and like I'm it in was the gym easy. all the time. <laughs> the first day I was like dead. I, I, it took me like a half hour to do 50 push-ups, right? And I was yeah. sore for forever. I was like, I think I did too much. And then, no, th- no I think back. First night I did 50 sit-ups, 50 push-ups. 50 sit-ups. The sit-ups killed me. That's that's what yeah. killed me. It ripped my abs to, to shreds. So I literally the next day I was like I can't do sit-ups anymore. I have to do something else because I, I just couldn't do it. So anyway, I've been trying to do 50 push-ups. So now I can now I can do that. Like not too bad. It's uh I did two sets of 25 and then so I'll I'll continue to kind of I would like to get up to 100. So anyway, that's one of my new year's resolutions as I'm doing that. I'd like to start running in my off days, but that's that. Something that I've done in the past that I'm continuing to do this year. Sorry, not continuing to do. I took a year off two years off, maybe, uh, is a picture a day. So it's super cool. Like my kids love going back and seeing pictures of themselves when they were little or videos of themselves when they're little. But if I don't take the time to do it, it just happens so irregularly that I just feel like I miss large pieces of time. So I'm committing again this year to do one picture a day. So I start, you know, day one, and then I type my little caption and hashtag my pick a day, 2017. Uh, I usually post them on like Instagram on face and Facebook. Cause you know, there's like privacy settings in there and I don't really want everybody seeing my yeah. my family pictures and, and whatnot. So that's been good. Uh, it is a discipline. Actually, you wouldn't think it would take that long, but it kind of does. And then the other thing that I've been working on, which is actually, this is one of those things that is difficult for me. I read a ton of fiction, but one thing that I've been wanting to do is to read my Bible every day, which is a, okay. Uh, yeah, it's kind of, a, it's just like a spiritual goal for myself for this year. So that's, it can be a little bit difficult for me at times just because it's it's not fiction. You know what I'm saying? It, it's, it doesn't yep. necessarily have the same sort of like hook that some of these fiction books that I'm reading have, which I was up to one o'clock reading last night or 1230 reading last night or something like that. <laughs> uh, Leviathan Rises is the one I'm on to right now, which is really, really cool. So yeah, those are kind of my three goals for this year. I've been doing pretty well with them so far. And uh, yeah, how about you? You have any New Year's resolutions? Um, I don't, I don't really set
0: resolutions as such like i don't sit down and think about what i want to do in 2017 or in the next year or anything like that i have rough sort of guides on what i'd like to achieve but i spent i spent most of my sort of new new year period looking back on the last year and looking at what i had achieved or didn't achieve so yeah, end of a year is more of a reflection for me. So going back and thinking about all the things that I did last year, you know, growing in the in the community, starting the podcast, meeting you, and going over to Laracon. Like these are all highlights of 2016 that you know, they they're all very new things to do that. So yeah, I think going forward this year, I want to I want to try and be a little bit more I don't know, I don't know that active. I think I'm active um in in the community, but I want to do something a little bit different. You know my blog's a bit lacking, so maybe some more blog posts or or some screencasty type things. Now that I've got this new microphone, that might be something to to give a give a crack at this year. So
1: that's cool.
0: But yeah, yeah, just maintaining. Like last year, I made the I get it wasn't really a resolution. It was probably about three weeks into January that I went and joined the gym with my brother. And you know, a lot of people that you see join a gym in January are are not going to the gym in February. So I was. You know, happy that that I made it through all of last year bar the last couple of weeks where I was a bit, you know, it was Christmas and it was I had a bit of freelance work on so I was burning the candle at both ends working at work and then coming home and and doing more so I didn't push myself to go to the gym because I just couldn't find the time of the day for it. So getting back into the gym last week was um, a bit sore.
1: Yeah, I bet, dude. And
0: and even still this week, so.
1: Especially if you do like leg exercises, that's the worst. Like you can't even walk downstairs, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, and I had to skip skip my leg leg day this week because after playing basketball, yeah, after having a month off basketball and then playing basketball, my legs were just they were cooked. So yeah, nothing nothing as structured as you. We my wife and I have you know got got plans for this year. We want to finish some things around the house. We want to start looking at at a family or expanding our family, I guess. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see how the year plans out,
1: but but things are looking looking up early on, so that's that's good. Speaking of family, I would just take this moment to announce to our listener base that I am planning, I am, my wife and I, are planning on having our fourth child pretty quickly here, hopefully. Well, not pretty quickly, but, you know. Yeah. She's about 16 weeks along. We are having a boy. So that'll make it uh, two boys, two girls. So pretty stoked about that. Should be awesome. That that sounds like a good even number. Yeah. One more, we'll have a basketball team. So, you know. No subs. You need a sub. Yeah, I know. I, I think I'm If the- you go for five, you're going to have to go for six. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm sticking at four. I, I'm sticking at four. So. <laughs> so real quickly for me, just talking about holidays and things like that and what we did, um, I will just suffice it to say that we traveled a lot. We went to Ohio for Thanksgiving. We went to Michigan for Christmas. And we went to Ohio for New Year's. Whew, so that was a lot of driving. So um, I'm back. So where is... Where is Ohio relative to you? Ohio is two states to the east of me. So, I'm in Illinois. I drive through Indiana yep. and then I'm in Ohio. Uh, and then Michigan is Michigan. like northeast of me. So, I am yep. go from Illinois through the top left corner of Indiana, just south of Lake Michigan and then I'm and then in Michigan yep. and drive across the state. Okay. So, yeah. So, it's... Uh, yeah, because wife and I, we
0: at this stage, depending on whether she's pregnant or not,
1: we will both be
0: coming... To the US for Laracon, um, so we will do a week ish either side. So I already spoke to you. We're we're planning on coming to Chicago probably yeah. for
1: three or four nights. So we'll have to catch up when we're there for sure. And I'm bringing my wife out to New York as well. Actually, she'll come awesome. out afterwards. So we'll have to, we can hang out in New York for a little bit too.
0: Yeah, I said I said that to to my wife that you know we can get all the um, the ladies of Laravel together. Yeah, they for can sure, go and do something if they feel like it. Yeah. while we're
1: geeking out at Laracon. That's right. Yeah. Uh Laura will be coming uh a couple of days after. So or maybe the yeah. day after the the conference or whatever, so anyway. So you are going to kick around in in New York for a bit? Yep, yep, should be fun. I don't think she's ever been to New York City, so it should be a good time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we um, I think at this stage we were looking at getting in a bit earlier cuz we're going to go down to Orlando after Laracon. And spend a few nights there. Go to Disney World. Go and oh, that will be Potter awesome! World.
1: Yeah, super cool. Yeah,
0: so that'll that'll be the end of our trip. We haven't we haven't set it in stone yet. Um, we've got to
1: wait a couple of weeks um, and just see how things plan out. Yeah, dude, that's great. That's a really cool plan. I, th- I think you'll have a great time. Mm. Yeah. So let's talk about a little bit what we've been what we've been working on, what we've been up to. I'll go ahead and start this one. So a couple of things I've been working on, one of them I've mentioned before, which is called markdown to medium. So it's actually got a website now, markdown to medium.com. It is not polished at all, but it is functional. I have got the mockups that I've built to kind of replace the crappy homepage right now, which look a lot better. And so it's just finding the time to put those together. And right now, kind of what I'm debating with is Okay, what CSS thing do I use to put this together? I want to use Bulma. I haven't tried that yet, so I'm kind of looking at that. I've also wanted to use David Hemphill's beard.css, and I haven't used that yet. And I also want to try Bootstrap 4, and I haven't used that yet. So there's like three things that's kind of like, oh, man, what do I want to what do I want to try here? So uh, I think I'm going to use Bootstrap 4 for a different project I'm working on. So I'm leaning heavily towards using beard yep. Beard on this one because uh, it's pretty minimal. So I, I, I think that's kind of what I'm going towards. Uh, but what Markdown to Medium is, is it is basically the fastest way that I could come up with to go from having a Markdown post to making a Medium blog post with syntax highlighting. With syntax highlighting is really the key there because making a going from Markdown to Medium is not all that difficult. You basically just create a gist on GitHub, gist.github.com, and then you go to import a post on Medium and you paste the gist link in there. And it'll kind of do a semi-decent job of importing the formatting. The problem is that the syntax highlighting doesn't work. And again, we've talked about this before, so I'm going to kill the thing. But this will basically uh, skim through your entire Markdown file, will take any code blocks that you have in there, create gists out of them, and then replace those code blocks with the links to those gists, and then create a new gist for you to import into Markdown. I'm sorry, not into Markdown, into Medium. So it makes it really the process took what, you know, what just took me about a half hour, takes about two minutes. So I'm hoping it'll be a cool little tool for people to use so that people can take uh, their Markdown files and get into a medium post really fast. That's, that's the goal. Nice. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I've been working with at my daytime job is Chrome extensions. So we had the need to essentially uh, add some additional behavior into a website that the people at our company use. And there is no API. There's, well, actually I take it back. There is an API, but we really liked the UI that the company had already built. And so we didn't really want to reinvent the wheel. So instead of consuming their API and having to rebuild an entire site on top of the API responses, what we did is we just said, let's use the UI that they have in existence and let's build a Chrome extension. And then it allows us to basically hijack the page and do whatever we want, which is pretty incredible, really, when you think about it. So we built out a Chrome extension, which is a really cool process. Uh, And like I said, it just gives you total control over the entire page. The Issue is that we wanted to be able to host this Chrome extension internally. We didn't want anybody outside of our building to be able to get to it. Chrome has some really strict rules on how they go about letting Chrome install Chrome extensions. So the only way that you can make that work is to force install that to the computers via a group policy object, a GPO, through Active Directory Windows Network sort of stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, And so had our guy in the building deploy a GPO that forces that out, but I had to essentially build a separate little server that would host an XML file that would also host the .crx file that Chrome extension compiles into. So the pain here is that when you compile that crx file, you have to then, you know, if you don't, if you're not uploading it to the Chrome web store, which is where you would normally do it, which would, that wouldn't be that bad. I needed to comp- I needed to pull down the latest version of it, and then I needed to compile it on my computer with a specific private key, then I needed to push it up to a new route, a repo and then deploy it. And so it was like a bunch of steps. So I basically uh, implemented a Git hook that would listen for when I did a release of the Chrome extension on GitHub, and as soon as I pull that release, uh, or as soon as that Git hook hits hits the other application, it will pull down the zip of the uh, latest release, and then it will unzip it and rezip it into this special CRX format, and then update the version in the XML file based on what it came down with uh, from GitHub. So that was a, that was what I was working on yesterday. I worked on that all day, and it was uh, pretty cool. So it's working now. And if you ever have any questions about Chrome extensions, people, uh, ask myself, and I'd be happy to help you. There's a lot of little tricks and stuff to get, to get around. So anyway, yeah, it's been fun. It's something I've really never dealt with or never uh, played around with, but... It's kind of one of those things, once you've opened that door, it's now like another tool in your tool belt, right? Another thing that you have as a yeah. possible yeah. solution to problems. So yeah, really cool. How about you? What you've been working on?
0: I, As I mentioned, I had a bit of freelance work on over Christmas, New Year break. It was a project that, that got signed off by my client sort of September. And then there was a big delay between them signing off and them sending me all the, you know, all the stuff that I needed to get working on it. And then Bits and pieces came in as I went on, so that that's been largely my out of hours, you know, out of normal work hours focus. That is pretty close. I think they're looking to launch it on the twenty second of this month. Uh, so there's just some um, final bits and pieces that need to go into that. There is just some documentation really around release. They don't use Laravel. They basically said, you know, build build this thing however you feel like. And you know, we'll just give you the infrastructure to host it on. So yeah, that built that with Laravel 5.3, which was nice because I haven't really yeah. had too much chance. You get to play with all the new tools, use yeah. 5.3. Yeah, so it's it was good using all the, the new bits and pieces in there. Um the the kind of work that, that I was doing lent itself a lot to uh, the presenter or the decorator pattern. So oh, cool. pulled in David Hemphill's presenter package and really enjoyed how easy that that made life in terms of having you know different presentation options depending on where I was rendering my Laravel models. Um, so that was really handy. I still I still need to use that. Yeah, check it out if you ever need to look at that. But this this I used Bulma for. It's it's nice. It's reasonably opinionated. It, it's biggest opinion is that it refuses to do anything with JavaScript. Um, so the, the the nice things that you get with Bootstrap out of the box, like drop down menus and uh, tab navigation, and even even the um, like the hamburger menu on your mobile yep. it has the different states based on the CSS breakpoints. But it if you click on the hamburger menu, it won't open it. You've got to write the JavaScript yourself to do that kind of oh, stuff. Interesting. Because, you know, the, the maintainer of Borma has said that, you know, they don't want to do any JavaScript. They just want to provide the CSS. So huh. it's not a lot of JavaScript that I had to write, but not having a drop down menu was, you know, a bit annoying. Uh, yeah, so um, bootstrap I think they put out a post earlier this week or maybe last week that version version 4 alpha 6 is out and they have moved to flexbox by default yeah, and that's what I'm there looking is forward no to. option to turn it off now either. It used to be a SAS variable that you could toggle but that's that's gone now. Yeah, I love it. Um, so that that's good. You you mentioned David's uh, David Hemphill's beard. I was looking at it initially but I needed some more opinion around that's- how it looked and I mentioned this to him the other day. I said I'd like I like the opinion. I like this is what it needs to look like and I can tweak the colours. Um especially if I'm doing some kind of you know, rapid prototyping. I want to just get something out. I want it to look good. I want it oh yeah, I want it to be, you know, pretty much ready to go without having to do too much to it. So Yeah. I he he's been mentioning that he's been working on Silver Kit, I think it was. Yeah. Um, so if he can give me some opinions
1: around how to use beard, I think I would be more than happy to jump on it. That's the thing. Like once he comes up with silver kit, it's going to be, it's going to be my go-to and because the thing I really like about beard is that you can change styles like per element super quickly, right? It's got the atomic stuff where like you say, like MT-1, that's margin top 1M. And you know, there's so many times where you're tempted to like, ah, that just needs a little more padding right there. And to have to go into the CSS and like have a specific class that controls that one element that needs that one extra piece of padding is just craziness. It's just ridiculous. So, if I have components that are already built out in SilverKit, but I also get the benefit of being able to quickly tweak those using some of those little utility classes, oh man, that'd be a huge win. Yeah, definitely. Which is why I'm almost tempted to like use like Bootstrap 4 and then throw Beard in there on top of it, just because it's yeah. like it gives me all those utilities. And what I've ended up doing in some of my other projects actually is almost kind of stealing some of David's Beard stuff, like the whole like margin top, margin bottom, margin left, margin right, or yeah. margin all around, or padding, or flex, or display block, or display whatever, whatever. Yeah. All those things I find I use those all over the place. But I'm still using Bootstrap, and I, and I don't really feel like I don't feel like pulling in two yeah. two frameworks is irresponsible. So I'm trying to take best of both worlds here. Yeah, I did exactly the same thing with a project
0: for work just before the end of last year, where I was using Bulma, but I did set up my own mixins. I think they are where I, where I basically just went and looped through, you know, for for one through six, give me a you know margin top one, margin top two, margin top three, which was was very helpful. It means you're not doing you know style attributes on elements just to add some spacing or anything like that. It goes you know this is a margin top two and it's always going to be two m's and you can use that consistently. You don't have to worry about you know what did I set the margin on this element because I want this this other element to be the same. It, it doesn't matter. You just go margin top two, margin top two, and you're done.
1: Exactly, exactly. So nice. And and those
0: kind of utilitarian classes are very handy. Um. So yeah, David Hemphill. If you are listening and we know you do the two of us are going to be right up right at the top of that list when you get
1: silver kid out yep i'm all about it all about it okay so let's see what else let's go ahead and we've got a couple questions from podcast listeners which this is awesome i don't think we've had i mean we've had maybe a couple questions before so we've got two here one serious one not And the guy first says, and it's actually from, let me see here, it's from uh, Tim McDonald. So thanks, Tim. He says, legit question, type hints, return types. Are you actively implementing, avoiding, interested in them, or what, what's the deal? So, type hints and return types. Michael, I'm gonna let you go first. Uh, I I do not use return types at all. Most of our production
0: infrastructure at work is still on PHP 5.6. We are moving to seven this year. Um, we had to wait for, we use CentOS for our production servers at work. So we had to wait for PHP 7 to be added to software collections, which is the basically the go-to way of, of installing maintained up-to-date packages in CentOS land. So 7 is out, it was released just before the new year. So we have started to look at the, you know processes for um, upgrading our, our PHP 5 environments to PHP 7 part of that involves moving four or five reasonably big websites off of Drupal into WordPress. So as part of all of that, we will move to PHP 7, um, which will be nice. But no return types for me. Um, And type hints, I will type hint the request object in Laravel and I will type hint eloquent models. But other than that, I don't really use them.
1: Yeah, so... I'll I'll say as far as return types are concerned, I'm with you in that I haven't used them. I have the ability to. We have we have a couple, I mean, probably like you know, five or six production things on PHP 7. So I could do that. I could use return types. I just haven't had a need for them yet. And so I guess I don't know necessarily what my argument is for using type hints then. I mean, because return types are really sort of the same thing, right? It's kind of like a uh, strict declaration of what this is going to return. And I think that's what type hints helps me i feel like the programming language is kind of protecting me from myself when i use type hints but i guess that's the same thing as like return types are doing so if i didn't have type hints would i make you know would i make more mistakes i don't think i would so i don't know that type hints are necessarily protecting me i think it's more like a quick helper for me like visually to see oh yeah that's what this is like so i can pass and i don't have to explicitly say like when i'm passing in an argument this is a trip model or this is a whatever i can just call it you know, trip or, or, you know, I don't know if I want to say trip model. I'm trying to think of something that's a better example. Like I might use the argument name might actually be an abbreviation of the thing that I'm passing in, or it might be something that's completely unrelated to the name of what I'm passing in, but I can see in my type hint that's, Oh, I know that's an eloquent model. That's my trip model, you know, whatever. Yeah. The other reason I use them on a semi-regular basis is because PHP storm does a lot of nice type hinting. When I, when I, or I'm sorry, not type hinting, auto completion. When I use type hints, right? So, so let's say on my trip model, I have a couple of custom methods, like it, you know, I scope it to be, uh, you know, only active trips, or I say update active at, or update past active, right? These are little methods that I have on on my model. Well, when I type hint the trip model, uh, PHP Storm lets me really quickly see those uh, methods. As I as I'm typing it out and just auto completes them for me, and then gives me the arguments to them as well if there are any. So, that's those are probably my biggest reasons for using them. I do use them quite often. I know Adam Wathan says like no, you shouldn't do that, or he kind of hates them, and uh, so I don't know. I don't really care. They don't. They've never hurt me. You know, it's never hurt yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm fine with using them.
0: If you don't want to use them, great. Yeah. As long as you've got a good test suite. Yeah. That you know verifies you know this is what I expect to go into my methods and. I don't want anything else, then I think that'll cover you enough. As you say, type hinting gives you the benefit if you're using an IDE. I'm using Sublime Text, which doesn't do any of that stuff anyway. So it's it's of no use to me from that perspective. Yeah, yeah, I don't... Like, if you want to use them, use them. If you don't, don't. I don't think it makes a great deal of difference either way. I mean, PHP is a largely dynamic language, so...
1: yeah. Yeah. Here's what I'll say about this and this has been interesting for me this week. So, I don't think I've ever really had a situation where a type hint has saved me and been like, "Oh, yeah, I'm passing the wrong thing there." I that that's never happened. I, I don't Yeah, it's not something that's going to save you in production either.
0: It's Correct. something that these are errors that are going to happen during development and you're going to go, "Oh, I'm not, you know, I needed to pass this instead of that and I'll fix it and then then it's done." You know, it's yeah. not it's not like suddenly your code is going to be safe in production because you put a type in, in
1: there. Yep. And so let me in that same vein, talk about something that I was frustrated with this week. So when I define my migrations, oftentimes I will look at my list of columns and say, okay, this should be nullable because there's a possibility that I'm going to create this and this isn't going to be required, right? It's not a required field. But there will be others that I won't make nullable. So, for example, if I have a relationship on a model, so if I have that trip model and it requires a user ID or something, right? I'll say user ID is not nullable. Therefore, whenever I create a record, it must have the user ID, must, or else the database yep. is going to throw a, and, you know, it's going to scream at me. Yep. So here's the same sort of thing I'm 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 feeling about this. I don't know if I've ever been saved by. The database screaming at me the only thing that it does is it really limits me in the way that i can create my object because i cannot create it a piece at a time i have to have all the pieces on it before i press or before i'd say model save right i have to have all those pieces together i can't save the model first and then add pieces incrementally Mm -hmm. so as long as you have a good test suite and this is what i basically determined i was like i'm setting them all to null I want them all to be nullable. Like, don't make me do anything. I don't want the database to be the thing that's saving me, or you know, catching those errors. That's the wrong spot to be doing that. But if you don't have those set as nullable, you very much limit the way that you can construct that object. So anymore, I'm just like, screw it. They're all nullable. Every single one of them. They're all (laughs) null. And then I just make sure that in my tests, it's it's you know, I test to make sure that it's it's structured correctly or something. So. Anyway, I don't know. I would be interested to hear other people's thoughts on that, but that's kind of the conclusion I've arrived at, and it's it's very freeing to not have to worry about, okay, now is that nullable? Is that not? Like, do I have those pieces in there? Yeah. Yeah, it's just annoying. Okay, here's the second question we had. Who would win in the race, Superman or The Flash? I know. You go first. You know. I do. Categorically. I do.
0: Can, can Superman fly, or yes. is it a
1: foot race only? Well, then it's, Superman it's not wins. specified. Exactly. Objectively, empirically, even, Superman. Although-
0: wins. Superman has a cape, which would add wind resistance.
1: I don't know. I, I mm. But I th-
0: yeah, I think, mm, yeah, okay. Initially, I say Superman because he, he can fly, which means that he doesn't have friction from the ground.
1: But he has the cape, which would add wind resistance, surely. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to wait until the, the Marvel Flash stuff comes out because that's coming out soon, right? Yeah. Um, series?
0: Next, next year?
1: Yeah. Okay. I just have to say this. I just have to say this because I'm going to tell my coworker, I'm going to give him a shout out. My coworker's name is Matt. And I just want you to know that during this entire podcast, he has been going by the window outside this office and just, (laughs) he, he had at one point a coat rack or not a coat rack, a coat tree, uh, thing. You know what I'm talking about? That he was riding, riding like a horse outside my window, (laughs) or he'll just like jump as high as he can, just smash down on the floor and make really loud noises. So Matt, thank you for the entertainment. We also have one more announcement we wanted to make today. I don't know. It's a big one. It's a big one. It's an exciting one. I'll just go ahead and say it. Michael and I have been asked to take over the Laravel News podcast. So uh, if you're a listener of the Laravel News podcast, you know Eric Barnes and Jack Frew are the hosts of that. They are retiring from their podcasting days. And Michael and I have had the privilege of being able to take over that in the in the near future here. So the next episode of Laravel News that you hear, I believe me and Michael will be on that one. I think it'll be kind of like a handoff episode, and then future going forward, we will be the new hosts. So pretty exciting. Yeah, absolutely. It was
0: it was um, it was very exciting when I was speaking to Eric about it over over sort of the Christmas New Year period. You know, he he asked how our podcast was going. I'm like, oh, you know, it's it's going pretty well. You know, we're getting a steady increase in listeners. We're getting more engagement from from those listeners. It's um it's been good fun it's always fun to catch up with you of course and and uh see what's going on up there in freedom land <laughs> freedom land so um yeah so that was, that was ticking along and and um you know the opportunity came up to to basically have the torch passed to us um and and take over Laravel news so really looking forward to that Yeah, we're we're gonna get the next. This episode will come out, and um, I think we'll plan on getting the Laravel news out after that. So, if you're listening to this podcast, it'll be it'll be
1: hot hot topic news. You'll hear it here first. So, there you go. Really excited about that. In preparation for taking over the podcast, Michael and I have both got new microphones. So, which explains what I said in the intro. I'm Jake with a new mic. So, I've got a new microphone. I have the uh, Audio Technica ATR twenty one hundred. And Michael has the blue Yeti. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty exciting. So if our voices sound better or worse, that is why. Yeah.
0: Especially seeing as my microphone got tossed over the balcony at work. So that wasn't for there real. is a video. Was that for real? That the box got thrown.
1: Oh, okay. That was the box.
0: There is. Yeah. The, yeah, uh, there is a video on, on Twitter. I saw that. that. So, That's funny. Yeah. Um. So that, yeah. I mean, anyone who follows us on Twitter will have seen that we were tweeting during the week, you know, that we're looking at. Shaking up the format a little bit. We wanted to know sort of what our listeners thought. I think we want to try and sort of engage those of you that are listening a little bit. Start doing a bit of an audience participation Q and A type thing. So this podcast will probably become a little less heavy on on the news aspect because it's going to be difficult for us, I think, to talk about Laravel news on the Laravel news podcast and also on North Meet South. I think the, the general feeling, Jake, that we got from from people is that they kind of like listening to us talk about you know the challenges that we face in our day to day dealings with Larivo and how we're overcoming them. So yeah, I think we're in pretty good stead to to sort of manage both podcasts reasonably well. Um, but we will probably shift to a alternating week schedule between Larivo News and North Meet
1: South. Yep, I think that's I think that's the right move. It'll keep us both sane as well. It's because it can be. A lot of time if you were doing two podcasts at the same time, so yeah, yeah. we're we'll switching up the schedule a little bit, switching up the format a little bit, but it will largely stay the same. So that'll be good. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's good. For, I, I'm I'm uh I'm all You set never for answered today. the question, by the way. What's that question? Superman or Flash? Oh, Superman for sure. Superman. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm okay. I'm down with Superman. So the Flash is cool though. I mean, he's he's awesome, but I just you know I think there was that one Superman movie that came out where Superman flew around the world so fast that he was able to reverse the the rotation of the Earth and get it to spin the opposite way and go back in time. So, I mean, you know, I don't think the Flash can run that fast. Maybe it can. I don't know. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, Superman, for sure. Superman all the way. Unless, of course, the Flash is holding kryptonite because I don't know if the Flash has any weaknesses.
0: Mm. 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 Philosophical questions.
1: Yes, indeed.
0: All right, man. Uh, The other other segment that we should do, and uh, I think some... I think a large portion of our audience is from the United States, yeah. so um, I want to work in some regular Aussie slang.
1: Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, I think so. Learn how to speak Aussie in 30 days. It'd be like West Boss's JavaScript 30. That's right. I'll, I'll start with a nice easy one. Yeah.
0: Because it's, it's 8.30 here, so it's time for a cuppa. A cuppa? Cuppa. I'm going to go get a cup of coffee, but usually cuppa's for tea. So for those of you that drink tea, you can have a cup of tea or
1: a cup of coffee have a cuppa a cuppa do you just say cuppa do you stop it there just a cuppa yeah I'm Have a C-U-P-P-P-P-A.
0: yeah usually yeah usually a cup of tea but i i will have a coffee
1: nice all right well i'm gonna go have a cuppa that's what i'm doing right now all right
0: all right do show notes for this episode will be at northmeetsouth.audio forward slash 20 we are on twitter at north south audio so you can reach us there if you have a question that you want us to answer for you on a future episode and as always Feel free to rate and review us five stars in your podcatcher of choice. It really helps us reach new audiences. So the next time you hear us, we'll be on the Laravel News Podcast, and we look forward to speaking with you then.
1: Good talking to you, man. You too, Jake. All right, buddy. We'll talk soon. Bye. 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 Welcome everybody to the North Meets South Web Podcast, where it only took me three weeks to learn how to say that without stuttering.